Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of 1 Timothy. Today is episode 680. We're looking at 1 Timothy chapter 5, verses 3 through 16. Let's read our passage. Support widows who are genuinely in need. But if any widow has children or grandchildren, let them learn to practice godliness toward their own family first and to repay their parents. For this pleases God. The widow who is truly in need and left all alone has put her hope in God and continues night and day in her petitions and prayers. However, she who is self-indulgent is dead even while she lives. Command this also, that they will be above reproach. But if anyone does not provide for his own family, especially for his own household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. No widow is to be enrolled on the list for support unless she is at least 60 years old, has been the wife of one husband, and is well known for good works. That is, if she has brought up children, shown hospitality, washed the saints' feet, helped the afflicted, and devoted herself to every good work. But refuse to enroll younger widows, for when they are drawn away from Christ by desire, they want to marry, and will therefore receive condemnation, because they have renounced their original pledge. At the same time, they also learn to be idle, going from house to house. They are not only idle, but are also gossips and busybodies, saying things they shouldn't say. Therefore, I want younger women to marry, have children, and manage their households, and give the adversary no opportunity to accuse us. For some have already turned away to follow Satan. If any believing woman has widows in her family, let her help them. Let the church not be burdened so that it can help widows in genuine need. This is Paul's letter to Timothy. Paul is in Philippi, and he's left Timothy in Ephesus with the assignment to deal with false teachers. There's a group who are leading people in the church astray. They seem to be stuck in an Old Testament mindset, and they're making up some things because Paul said they're caught up in myths and endless genealogies, that they're in the speculation, that they're forbidding people from marrying and prohibiting people from eating certain foods. And Timothy's assignment is to deal with this group. But he's also got to lead the church. He's got to appoint leaders within the church because he needs those leaders to help him combat the heresy. And some of the existing problem may involve some of the existing leadership. So he's got a lot to do. And Paul's just giving him some advice on how to deal with people. Talked about dealing with older men. Treat them with respect. You can still correct them, but do so respectfully. Treat the older women like mothers. Treat the younger men like brothers and the younger women like sisters. Now he's talking about a special group, the widows. Now throughout the Old Testament, God has a heart for those that are defenseless. And one of the groups that are defenseless are widows. Because a woman without a family to support her is in a rough situation at that time period. And so throughout the Old Testament, God always had a a heart for the orphans and the widows. And the challenge was always care for the widows. And it carried on into the church. Remember in Acts chapter 6, the disagreement over the daily distribution for the care of the widows. And so here, it seems that the church is caring for widows, but it seems like it's gotten out of hand. And so Paul's given 
Timothy some guidance in this area. In verse 3, he says, support widows who are genuinely in need. Now, the word gets translated support. Most English translations say honor, because the word can mean honor. But as you read the context, it obviously is talking about supporting these widows. The nuance would be to support them because of the honor due to them. Honor older people. Honor these widows. But he's clarifying it. It's those who are genuinely in need. Verse 4, but if any widow has children or grandchildren, let them learn to practice godliness toward their own family first and repay their parents, for this pleases God. So, the instructions here are, the church should not be supporting widows who have family. The family should support these widows. Whether they're children or grandchildren, it's up to the family first to support these widows. He says, this pleases God. Verse 5, the widow who is truly in need and left all alone has put her hope in God and continues day and night in her petitions and prayers. Well, obviously that's not every widow because he goes on to talk about some who that's not the case. But he's talking about here are the widows that the church will support, the one who are truly in need and those that have a godly attitude about things who are really depending on God. Verse 6, however, she who is self-indulgent is dead even while she lives. So he's talking about widows here, apparently widows that are wealthy. And they're basically living the good life. And his indication is that the church isn't supposed to support them. Obviously, they're not living a God-honoring life. So he says, basically, they're spiritually dead. Verse 7. Command this also, that they will be above reproach. So here's the command to the widows, that they live lives that are above reproach. Live respectable lives. Verse 8, but if anyone does not provide for his own family, especially for his own household, he is denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. So he's kind of bouncing around a little bit here. He's already said that it's up to family members to care for the widows in their family. And here he adds that if they don't, they're definitely not acting like Christians. They're acting worse than unbelievers. Now, verse 9, no widow is to be enrolled on the list for support unless she's at least 60 years old, has been the wife of one husband, and is well known for good works. That is, she has brought up children, showed hospitality, washed the saints' feet, helped the afflicted, and devoted herself to every good work. So here he mentions the list and to be enrolled on this list. So the implication here is there's an actual list. These are the widows that we, the church, have entered into a covenant relationship with to support them, essentially for the rest of their lives. And he says there's some criteria. First off, they've got to be of an age where they're not going to remarry. And he puts that age at 60 years old. The wife of one husband. That's the same words that we saw back with the deacons and overseers, where he talked about being the husband of one wife. It's We said there it was a one-woman man. This is literally a one-man woman. So similarly, we would say, not she's only been married once, but she was faithful. While she was married, she was faithful to her husband. 
well known for good works, and he lists some of the good works. So essentially, a godly woman, 60 years old, past the age of remarrying. She was faithful to her husband and is known for her good works, known to be a productive member of the Christian community. Verse 11, but refuse to enroll younger widows. For when they're drawn away from Christ by desire, they want to marry and will therefore receive condemnation because they have renounced their original pledge. So, 60 years old is the cutoff. Widows that are 60 years old and older who are faithful to their husband and are godly women known for their service. They are to be enrolled on this list. But younger widows, he says, no, don't enroll them on the list. Because, and just think about the actual details here. He's saying that there's this list here. The church is entering into this covenant relationship with these widows to support them for the rest of their lives. And he says, if there's any chance that somebody's going to remarry, you don't want to have entered into this commitment to care for them forever because they will enter that commitment until something better comes along and they're going to want to remarry. The comment here about renouncing their original pledge, debate about what that means. I think best to take that in context with the idea that this covenant relationship, the church has entered into this relationship and basically pledged to support these widows for the rest of their lives. And the widows have entered into a covenant relationship with the church and have agreed to be this band of of widows who are supporting the church in their service, in their devotion. And so to then decide, well, maybe I think I will remarry, would be to renounce that pledge. Then verse 13, at the same time, they also learn to be idle going from house to house. They're not only idle, but also gossips and busybodies, saying things they shouldn't say. But what's going on here? It, it seems to be an actual problem. So this isn't theoretical. There seems to be an actual issue here going on. Some of these younger widows who now have no responsibilities for their own household duties, they're being supported by the church. They're running around gossiping, being busybodies, just flittering about thither and yon because they have no responsibilities themselves and are actually causing trouble, saying things they shouldn't say. Some think maybe they're tied up in some of the problems with this problem with the false teachers. He didn't say that, so it, that would be speculation. But what we do know is they're acting badly. His solution, verse 14, Therefore I want younger women to marry, have children, manage their households, and give the adversary no opportunity to accuse us. For some have already turned away to follow Satan. So he's saying here, some have already done this. So it is happening. This isn't theoretical. It is happening that some younger widows are acting out, acting up, causing trouble, damaging the witness of the church and the cause of Christ. So solution is, well, they need to do what society would expect remarry. They are in a position they can do that. They don't have to depend upon the church. 
Verse 16, if any believing woman has widows in her family, let her help them. Let the church not be burdened so that it can help widows in genuine need. So what do we do with all this? Well, our society has a lot of safety nets to take care of widows in need. The, the big admonition there is, if you have people in need in your own family, it's up to you, the family, to take care of them and not assume somebody else is going to take care of them. The church should have a widow ministry to care for widows, not to fully support them uh, the way the first century church did, because we have government programs that, that do that aspect of care. But other aspects of care, as far as uh, their need for fellowship, their need for spiritual care, and even providing some care for them in, in terms of physical needs. But the bottom line is that the church should be charitable, but in a judicious way, not with just a, we'll take care of anybody who wants to be taken care of. It seems that it was a real problem. The church was taking care of widows because, hey, isn't that what we're supposed to do? We're supposed to take care of widows. And so you had these younger widows, which were in a position to actually remarry, to go on with their regular lives, but they got the church supporting them. They don't need to remarry. They're free now to do whatever they want to do with no responsibilities and actually then are running around causing trouble and even damaging the witness of the church. And notice the widows that were to be taken care of, they weren't just any widow over 60. There were widows over 60 who were godly women with a proven history of service to the church. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through 1 Timothy.